Hey guys, I'm Garrett. And I'm Jason, and welcome to the Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, get ready for the truth. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 10 of Small Town Pilgrims. My name is Jason. And I'm Garrett. And this is an out of context um, episode. We kind of like these; they're they're fun to do. Uh, hopefully, I don't get too heated in this one. This is my pet peeve, so so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, interesting evening so far. You've. Uh, I had to change everything about your technology on that side. <laughs> so, uh, folks, if he sounds a little little different, it's because he's we we're trying to get this thing recorded for you guys, and he uh, he had to basically move mountains to get up <laughs> so we could we could record. So, but here we are, and it's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, when I suggested this one to you, you said you hadn't heard it quite as much as what I have. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it was repeated over and over again. Um, and a lot of the churches I've been in, a lot of the preachers I followed, Andrew Womack is huge on this verse. Um, all those word of faith guys are. That's your second favorite pastor, ain't it? No, <laughs> no, it's not. He didn't, he didn't hit the list with old Joel Osteen. So, um, but they uh they use this as a proof text a proof text we'll talk a little bit about what proof. i think about this is pure pure d old proof your truth your proof whatever you want to call it so um it is third john uh it's actually just verse two there's no actually no chapter one and John, but it's chapter one, verse two, since there's only one chapter. Um, in ESV, it reads like this. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now, most people have heard it uh, more similar to the New King James Version. Hey, before we go there. Yeah. You want to hear the CSB version? Go ahead. And it ends a little different. Go ahead. All right. Verse two. Dear friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and are in good health, just as your whole life is going well. That's pretty good little little translation there. Yeah. Um, New King James Version translates it like this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Um, we'll get into what the word of faith says about it, but I looked it up, um, kind of tried to peek into what that prosper kind of meant uh, in the original. It means to have a prosperous journey, like a good journey of life. Okay. Not so much... As the accumulation. Cash money. Yeah, of cash money. <laughs> yeah, right. 
So um, this verse has been used by as a proof text for the word of faith for years. Kenneth Hagin used it. Kenneth Copeland's used it. All those guys have used it. Like I said, Andrew Womack, I heard him a million times use it. Um, they use it as a proof text. And they say that this verse is proof that all Christians should be prosperous financially and that God always heals. It's always his will to heal. So is this the only time they're reading from the King James? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it, it's pretty prevalent. Like New King James and King James are pretty prevalent there. Now, New King James is actually a pretty good yeah. translation. You know, King James, there is some wonkiness. I mean, but, you know, thank God we had the King James. You know, we had it for years. That was the only real translation that was produced for a long time, you know. But it uses that prosper and be in health, which is what they translate into. You're supposed to be financially prosperous and always be healthy and healed. And... If it doesn't happen for you, whose fault is it? Your own. It's your own fault. You've got sick or sin or you didn't have enough faith, right? That's always the excuse. You, right. send, you send me your thousand dollars and you'll get this healing. Well, I didn't get it. Well, there must be something wrong with you. You, you must I be in sin or not had enough faith when you sent that money. And if you send me another thousand dollars, he'll do it this time. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> yeah. And see, this verse has been twisted by faith healers and prosperity preachers. I mean, it's just been twisted is what is, was, is what has happened. Yeah. But I want to go to the original context of it because okay. we know that in context, we begin to understand what the writer was meaning to say. Um, right. We should always look what was the original writer intending to say when he wrote these verses, not what I read into it or how I read myself into it or anything of that nature. We need to see what was his original intent. Okay. You want the context? I'll give you the context. Verse one. To the elder, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. He is writing a letter to a specific person. This is greeting his homeboy, Gaius. Okay? It's not please a man. Don't start, please don't start saying my name like that. Your new name is <laughs> Guy Rat. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> okay. He's not giving a mandate to all Christians to prosper financially and be healthy and always be healed when they're sick. He's not doing that. He is saying to Gaius something similar to, hey, bro, ho hope you and your family are doing good. Hope you're, hope you're not catching the COVID. Right. You know? 
I mean, he, he's just greeting him. Yeah, and it's amazing that, that COVID actually existed then. Right. <laughs> right. He's just, he's not saying, he doesn't just say uh, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love, and then stop and give a mandate to all Christians. Right. That's not how that works. That's not how he does it. He's writing a letter to his beloved friend Gaius and saying to him, I hope that your journey is going well, that you're doing good and that you're not sick and that you're staying healthy because um, we also kind of need to look at what was going on to all Christians at that time anyway. Yeah. It wasn't fun time. They were being slaughtered. They were being fed to the lions. They were being put on sticks and dipped in wax and used as lanterns. I mean, this was a tough time, a time of suffering. And if you look, John himself, who wrote this letter, he goes through a lot. He's on the Isle of Patmos, you know, at some point soon, if it's not then. Most people, I think, say that he was blind on the Isle of Patmos and, and, and going through a lot of stuff. I mean, had been had suffered. He yeah. died of old age just because he was banished, really. If they had their hands on him, they'd probably kill him too. But, I mean, all of the apostles are being you know, hung upside down and, 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 and beaten to death and stoned and thrown off of buildings. I mean, this is not a, a time of financial prosperity and uh, faith healing. This is a time when the church is suffering, you know? And I don't think that John is coding into this letter a mandate for prosperity gospel and, and faith healing. I just don't think it makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. So the two things that they harp on are prosperity. That's financial prosperity and healing. And you know, I say that if we look at that in any way, we've got to look at it through the, through the lens of what does the scripture say about it? And I think the person that we could go to is Paul because he talks about his, his prosperity where he's at financially. And he talks about where he's at health wise very clearly in scripture. Right. Um, Philippians three verses seven and eight. Um, he, he says this, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Okay. Everything he had, he said, I, I've counted it as loss. And then he says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing word of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And listen to what he says here for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. So when you begin to elevate prosperity above Christ, you've created an idol. 
Paul is saying, I don't have anything. I don't have any money. I don't have prosperity. I've lost it all for the sake of Christ. And then. Yeah, I'm sure there's a way they twist that around. Yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, or they may avoid it. That's, that's, they either twist it or avoid it. Right. Well, then we look at healing. So we look at another thing that Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12. It's uh, 12, 7 through 10. It says, I think it's so crazy how he says this stuff. It says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, you know, that's, you know, he's keeping him humble because God's revealed a lot to him. A thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being, becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul had something he was dealing with in his flesh. And he asked God to heal him three times. And God didn't heal him. What was wrong with Paul? Did he have secret sin? Did he not have enough faith? (laughs) You know, they've got some answers to give, I think, in that. Because when you're elevating yourself as the faith healer above the level of a person who wrote scripture, saying that if anybody has the same answer that he had, they are either in secret sin or they are faithless. That's dangerous ground to walk on right there. Because you're elevating yourself above Paul, the apostle. Well, I mean, they call themselves apostles, prophets, bishop, all kinds of junk. (laughs) They give themselves all kinds of pretty titles. Right. Um, You know, I can call myself a Muppet all I want to, but ain't nobody got their hand at the back of my shirt moving my mouth. You know what I mean? Right. I can have all the funny titles I want, all the great titles I want. It don't make a difference. Paul was an apostle. Right. So here's the thing about this. This is why this irks me so much. I learned this the hard way. As I watched my father-in-law, I watched a baby miscarry. My father-in-law died of a massive heart attack. A baby miscarried. My mom died because her heart failed. I watched two great men in our church suffer and die with cancer 
you know, um, just happened. Um, a wonderful man of God, uh, my chiropractor, um, awesome man of God, a lot of faith in God, just died of COVID-19. Okay. I've learned this the hard way. You say it's always God's will to heal. Well, I prayed for healing in every one of these situations and it didn't happen. And you're going to say it's because I didn't have enough faith. No, I had enough faith. I promise you that. I did all that speaking to it junk that they recommend all that stuff. Never speaking a negative about it. And God did not heal. So what is the answer? You need to give me the answer then. Well, here's the answer. I, I figured it out the hard way. It's not always God's will to heal. That's just how it is. God answers every yeah. prayer. He answers every prayer. And we need to accept that. He, God answers every prayer. He's not just ignoring it. You get a yes or you get a no. Or sometimes you get that maybe later answer that happens every once in a while. But most of the time it's yes or no. And all these people, they get into this movement and they say that God is not hearing their prayers. He's not answering my prayer. He's not answering my prayer because I still have this. He's not answering my prayer. No, he's answering your prayer. He's saying no. And because of movements or like now. Yeah. And, and because of movements like this, people can't understand and they don't suffer well anymore. They don't have faith in God. They just haven't have faith in sending my money or, or getting that prayer cloth or getting that healing water or whatever else, uh, chanting these verses out of context, whatever they got to do. They have all their faith in that instead of putting their faith in the solid rock of Christ, knowing that, guess what? Tribulation will come. Trials will come. I may be sick. I may suffer at some point. But listen, yeah. God never promised I would. John did not promise that I would always be rich and always be in good health. He wasn't doing that. He was greeting his brother. So these charlatans are trying to hold, hold this, this stronghold over people saying, well, if you don't get it, it's your fault. Send me more money. Send me more money. If you don't get it, it's your fault. You, you got to release that out of your hand so that God can release your healing out of his hand. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that junk, this they are destroying people's lives. I almost lost my mind because of all that we went through in 2015 and since then until God has given me a clear revelation of, of what the word of God says. Right. My heart was never settled. I always had trouble. I always questioned um, having to try and answer questions from our people like, well, if it's always God's will to heal, then why did this happen? 
And I didn't have an answer. Do you know why? There isn't one that I could <laughs> give them because it's not God's will to heal every time. Right. And you couldn't admit that in the word of faith movement. No, Mm-mm. no, you got to be a loyal soldier. You got to march in line. And I bet I'd even go so far as to say that you're not even taught that to know that it wasn't God's will. Right. No, uh, look, sovereignty. Uh, in fact, Andrew Womack said that the biggest issue, the biggest lie, terrible doctrine that is destroying the church right now is the sovereignty of God. That's what he said, that God is sovereign and God, God has a will for, for things and God is in control. Yeah, that must be awful. It's terrible. And, you know, as we came out of that and I started to realize, hey, God is sovereign. Well, then guess what? I had a lot more peace about my life. I had a lot of <clears throat> more peace about what we had gone through and the different situations, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I mentioned to, to you uh, about this before, but while we were going to church together, before you became pastor, I had prayed to my ears, tried to, to speak to it. Nothing would ever happen. And for those of you who don't know, I have bad problems with my ears. Uh, I still have a hole in my eardrum, my right side, I believe. It could be both. Uh, I'm not able to hear well. And when I go to the lake and get water in my ear, like a couple of weeks ago, I still can't hear. <laughs> right. So, It, it drove me crazy speaking to it and God feeling like God's not answering me and then feel like I'm doing something wrong for him not to heal me. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I, and I went through that with my, with my back, my shoulder, same, the same thing, you know, you know, God, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of this. I'm yelling at it. I'm, speaking, 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 and there's nothing happening. And, you know, it, it, it'll drive you nuts. It, it, it beats a person down to the point of not even wanting to pray anymore, not even wanting to trust God in any situation because you think, okay, the Bible says that I'm supposed to prosper and be in good health. Well, I don't have any money in the bank and I'm hurting. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. so what, is, what is the deal? And I can't have any more faith than I have because I really believe God wants to do this. And how is this a gospel to the poor and sick? It's not. <laughs> it can't be. The hope is Christ, not healing. And you see, and, and when you start to elevate healing as your top theological doctrine, and you leave behind the doctrines of Christ, the doctrines of grace, the the deity of Christ, the sovereignty of God, all those things, you leave those behind, guess what? You're creating your own God. You're creating your idol. You're carving your golden calf. Speaking of, we talked about this just a few days ago in, in uh, Second Kings. Yeah. With Moses making the serpent, Lord told yeah. him to make the serpent. Right. Yeah. Right. When, when, when they had made the, uh, the serpent, you know, Mo Moses made that serpent. I was reading in second Kings. I suggest you read it. Very good. 
um, Moses had made the serpent, you know, because th there was a sickness throughout Israel and they had to look at the serpent to be healed. Well, later on in second Kings, we find out in the time of, uh, King Josiah, they still had the serpent up. They'd given it a name and they were burning incense to it. They made it an idol. So King Josiah took that thing down and busted it up and, and stopped I think it. Was Hezekiah, was it? No, it was, it was Josiah. Hezekiah was the, the other king, was a little bit before Josiah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was Josiah, I believe, because he, uh, he's, he's the one who actually, like, did what he was supposed to. Let me look back there. I don't want to leave it like that. Let's see. Yeah. It's Josiah because Josiah reforms. Okay. Is the, uh, is the Seems like I read somewhere else that Hezekiah reforms. Yeah, well. he did. He did too. Uh, he was actually before. Uh, actually, it, was, it went Hezekiah, Manasseh, then Josiah. Okay. And Josiah is the one who got rid of the serpent that they had kept up. Okay. What it was? I'm still trying to learn that. Dude. It's, it's, I mean, for one thing, let's get some real names, y'all. Okay. Right. Bill, Fred, Bob, Jack, whatever, anything besides Hezekiah, Jesse. They do have Jesse. They do have Jesse. He, that's, that's Dave's daddy. But no, that's boys spelling Jesse, not girls spelling Jesse like oh, all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's so crazy. It, it struck me because they had taken something that had healed and made it an idol. And I started thinking about the word of faith movement, how they made healing their idol and prosperity yeah. and money, their idol. And they left behind the doctrine of God and who he is and his sovereignty. And man, it's scary. It's scary. There's a lot of people in that movement, but if we can come out of it, we know anybody can come out of it. So what was third John one, two all about? It's a beautiful greeting from John to his brother Gaius, who he loves very dearly. And I think if anything we can take out, to apply to ourselves, to get an application out of it. If anything, let's just have genuine goodwill towards our brothers and sisters in the faith and, and truly desire the best for them. You know, lay aside any, not, tell, any jealousy or anything like that. Just come bash them over the head. Right. Just, just love them, man. Just, just care. Be, be, be truly caring about them. You know, whether they're voting for Biden or not, Which, you know, I have no comment there. That's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different kind of podcast that we don't make. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we. Uh, but 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 let's let's just let's take what John's example truly is. Is that hey, um, care so much for your brothers and sisters in Christ and truly desire that they do have a, a life's journey that is wonderful and full and that they do stay healthy and they don't, you know, get around COVID-19 or something like that and get sick, you know, but they stay healthy. 
and and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and you know we should uh, start writing more letters. That's another thing. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I'm thinking of uh, starting a small town pilgrims blog, possibly where we start writing articles in it. Okay. That's something we may do. Get in, a, get a couple of our friends in on that, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, who knows? Who knows what what God has in store for the small town pilgrims? <laughs> um, all right, but uh, I mean, that's all I had for for this one. Did you have anything you want to add to it? No. Okay. All right. Well, I, um, I never really heard it. And I was young growing up. I didn't really care. Right. <laughs> All right, man, man. You're just over there uh, trying to find a girlfriend or something. Yeah, Two or three. yeah right. <laughs> All right. Um, well, well, that's all I have. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, keep those verses in context. They're better read that way, for one thing. And also, they don't lead you down a path of error and struggle. Right. Don't just look at one specific verse and not read at least the chapter couple, uh, couple yeah. down yeah i mean just Please. just go ahead and read the chapter it's easier just go ahead and just read the bible straight through and then you should in a year read it in a year that's what you should do yeah. that's what i'm doing that's what you're doing so that's what yeah. people should do it's it's and it's actually really helpful <laughs> so all right well um god bless y'all um we will be uh having a new episode soon um we hope you enjoy this episode, uh, like it, share it with your friends, and God bless y'all. If you love what you hear, like, subscribe, and give us a rating. Also, share this episode with your friends. Keep up with all that Small Town Pilgrims is doing on social media. Like us on Facebook at Small Town Pilgrims. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Small Town Pilgrims. What a coincidence that they're the same. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or suggestions, get your own podcast. <laughs> or email us at smalltownpilgrims at gmail.com. And now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.